1.5 UTC right after the international need. Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America! Hey, sporting greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is Jackson Vungani coming to you from the Ghanaian capital of Accra. Home to the Black Stars, that is Ghana's national team, currently in Qatar, where they're preparing for a face-off with Portugal in their opening match of the Group H. But even as Portugal, a European soccer powerhouse, comes into this face-off with some experienced players like Ronaldo, the Black Stars coach Ato Ado brings a lineup with some relatively new players, many who have not been tested in a high-stakes game like the World Cup. However, many Ghanaians were encouraged by last week's win over Switzerland, that is when the Black Stars beat Switzerland at a friendly game played inside the Al Naihan Stadium in Abu Dhabi. The Black Stars were powered by strikers Mohamed Salisu and Antoine Semenyo, who scored to give them the lead, and now many Ghanaians hope that the young squad will hold up against Portugal. I caught up with Ghanaian sports analyst Atsu Tamaklo to talk about how things are looking for the Black Stars squad as they prepare to take on their 2014 World Cup rivals, Portugal. We do have a very competitive squad and perhaps the best we've had in a decade as far as squad profile and options are concerned in the sense that even without Thomas Partey, even without Skudus Mohamed, two of the best players who play for Arsenal and Ajax respectively, there was still enough quality on the pitch. You saw Elisha Wusu and Salih Dabrosamek, who play for uh, Lens in France, stepping in and then playing an excellent role in central midfield for the team. And that was key uh, because, as you know, the man who plays for Mallorca, Babay Idrisu, who's been the anchor man in midfield for the best part of the last 18 months, was not available. But Salih Dabrosamek, in his debut, proved that he's got the quality and temperament to slot in and then do a decent job. So we took quite a bit from today's game, the indications that there's a lot of quality to go around and that tactically this is perhaps a bit more malleable in the sense that you could play different shit if you want to go three back. Alexander Jiku, who did not start today's game, could come in as an option for the team. If you want to go with a three-man midfield and perhaps have party, um, Daniel Kofitra, who came off the bench to set up the first goal, you could introduce those two as well. So generally, I believe it was an exercise that showed the coach the various options that he's got and the various tactical context within which those players could be used. Who are some of the players that are on the squad right now that you would see as the difference makers for this team? Well, obviously, Thomas Partey, the best player in the team, is, is an easy pick for that. Um, whenever he's out to captain the Black Stars, he's caught his counter with a goal. He's been impressive form this season for Arsenal scored twice already against Nottingham Forest and against Arsenal. Um, Kudus Mohamed is already among the top scorers in the Champions League in the group stage this season. Uh, at Ajax having scored, I believe, four times, although he's dropping into the UEFA Europa League. Jordan Ayew is one of those players who always works very hard. One of the only two players with World Cup experience um, in the squad. The other being his brother and captain, Andre Ayew, who's also uh, today, he marked his 110th game um, as a Black Stars player, becoming the most capped player in the history of the Black Stars. So congratulations to him. So beyond that, we saw what uh, Dan Okovitra can also do 
as well as uh, Salitu Mohammed, who scored his debut goal for the Black Stars. And so uh, there, there are enough leaders within the dressing room in terms of match winners. There are enough um, to look out for. Kamal Soa, who came off the bench, has also been in some fantastic form at Club Rouge. Um, Kamal Din Suleimana has been injured, not really had a consistent run of games at um, Stad Ren as he would have preferred. But today, he showed glimpses of his old self. And when he's on it, he can create chances at will. He can drag defenders out of position. So you've got a good mix of creativity and influence, influential players in midfield, in attacking areas. And even in defence, you've got strong personalities who can force the issue for the Black Stars. Mm, you mentioned uh, Kamal So, and uh, I th- he's, the, he's the player from uh, Belgium, is that correct? With uh, Bruges? Yeah, that's him. There was a possibility that he might play, he might not pay, play for the, for the Black Stars. His options have always been closed. Um, I think for him, it's it's a matter of time and availability because the two previous Black Stars coaches have made efforts to to bring him into the Black Stars world. I remember in 2019, before the Cup of Nations, Akwesi Apia tried desperately to get him to come and play for the Black Stars. At that time, he was just getting through the ranks and now finding consistency. And the club and his thinking uh, was that that would have disturbed the progress or the developmental plan the club had put him on as he was fresh to professional football. Um, shortly thereafter, C.K. Akono, the former coach, also made efforts to get into play for the Black Stars again. Uh, I think he had just made that move into uh, Club Rouge in Belgium. Unfortunately, things did not go according to plan. But after the new coach came, there was a conversation with him. He had to explain to the Football Association why in the past he had turned down various call-ups and perhaps apologized just to smoothen things and start wipe the slate clean and start things afresh. And after that, there was a conversation with the rest of the squad. He had mm-hmm. to explain himself to, to the squad out of respect. And since then, it's been, it's been everyone looking forward to the quality that he brings to the team. And to think that he is a starter at Club Rouge, playing perhaps the best football of his life, and he still cannot get into what exactly is not the best Black Stars 11. That's enough about the quality that we've got. Mm-hmm. So he's feeding in quite well. Um, who are some of the players when Watch Ado announced his uh, lineup? There were some players that were missing, including uh, Joseph Penstall and others. You know, talk to us about some of these players that were expected to make the squad, but did not make the squad. Well, Joseph Pintel is, is the odd one out, isn't he? Because he's, he's playing potentially the best football a Ghanaian footballer is playing out there in Europe. Um, at game, scoring for fun, setting up goals, creating chances, being decisive in games. And normally you would like to think that when a player's form coincides with tournaments like this, it will be difficult to overlook them. Unfortunately for him, there's been reasons other than football that have resulted in he not making the squad. And the reason is simple. When the Black Stars of Ghana were playing the Korean Cup a few months ago in September, I believe, in Asia, there was an invitation that was sent out to him because in the Cup of Nations qualifier versus the Central African Republic, Joseph Pinto did not exactly excel. And so the coach thought that this would be another opportunity for him to access the player. And so he asked him to come down and play in that tournament. The fact that some other key players were missing out of that tournament exacerbated the situation and perhaps made it even more important for him to show up. Unfortunately, 
the player did not show up. He explained himself to the coach, gave his reasons. But I guess it's a matter of the coach not either believing the reasons Joseph Pinto gave or he looked at the situation and felt that maybe Joseph Pinto should have sacrificed and was reluctant to do so. And uh, Otuado made a big point about that on, on Tuesday where he explained the fact that this was a situation where he's looking beyond the quality on the pitch, but he also wants to see commitment. He wants to see players who are willing to make the sacrifice for the team when the team needs them. And he didn't get the impression that Joseph Pinto was the guy who will do that for him after that Kieran Cup experience. Jeffrey Schlopp is the odd one out. Um, there was a conversation, I know for a fact, between the technical team and Jeffrey Schlopp because he had more or less ostracized himself from the national team for years now. So there was a conversation to perhaps get him back into the Black Star field. That happened. At least his understanding was that they were all now on the same page. And the fact that it was the Football Association's managers who made the overtures to Jeffrey Schlopp gave him the impression that we needed him for the tournament and that it was a sure bet to be on the trip. But perhaps more importantly, the quality of his football in the last four years at Crystal Palace made it almost unthinkable that he would be dropped. But that's exactly what has happened. Then we asked Otuado on Tuesday at the announcements press conference. Unfortunately, we did not get any satisfactory answers. The other player who has also missed out has to be Abdul Momin, um, who recently made his move to um, Spain to play in La Liga from Rio Ave. I think that that makes a bit more sense if you consider the fact that he started or he's taken to life in Spanish football rather slow, uh, slower than most people expected. And when you're a centre-back in this time in the Black Stars and you mm-hmm. consider that you're competing with Daniel Amate, who's fresh choice at Leicester City, Salisu Mohamed, who's first choice at Southampton, um, Alexander Jiku, who's first choice at Strasbourg in France, Joseph Aidu, first choice, yes, at Celta Vigo. You do mm-hmm. know that your options of, of making or your chances of making the team are quite slim. And Eventually, it's not against him yeah. that he's not played for a long time. Right. Um, so, based on this game with uh, Switzerland, uh, what does it tell you about his strategy as he's about to face this tough group stage? I think today we saw that Otuado can set his team up to go out and dominate opponents. He can set his team up to contain, perhaps in a more different way, to contain with the ball and not necessarily shut up shop and defend the six-yard box and, and try to contain or word of threats after threats from the opponent. And they do that with some slick passing, passing the ball into space and trying to avoid overloads or where the opponent are trying to press them. And so you could see um, Salisu Mohamed being one of those players become a channel for uh, distributing possession. We saw the ball circulation in the midfield, obviously um, spearheaded by the double pivot of Elisha Osu and then Salis Abdul Samet. Of course, on Thursday, we do expect the Thomas party will start that game. We expect that Kudus Mohamed will start game. That changes the dynamics a bit differently. That means you have perhaps someone who can retain possession and distribute it at a higher level and with a bit more quality than Elisha also does. And perhaps also with a bit more adventure going forward for the Black Star. Um, up front, we may see a few changes, but those changes are likely to include Kudus Mohamed to start for the Black Stars. So you expect to see a bit more direct football from the Black Stars than we saw today, a bit more intensity. But I think, as has been the case with Otuado, 
Um, his background as a scout gives him a certain advantage in terms of studying opponents, scouting them, and perhaps responding um, and being reactive in the second half with how best to, to respond to what the opponents are doing. Uh, which basically is to say that his game management is perhaps one of his greatest assets and not so much about how he approaches the game or how he sets up the team to dominate. Because, I mean, let's be honest here, as good as the Black Stars um, are or as quality the options may be for the Black Stars, we're still the least-ranked team. We still expect to be dominated by Portugal, Uruguay. Maybe South Korea may be a fair game, but at the end of the day, we're not going to start any of the group games as favorites. And I think that will play on... Otuado's mind in terms of how he sets up his team and even his selection. But the best work from the Black Stars, I expect in every game, should come in the second half. That was Atu Tamaklo, a sports analyst here in Accra, Ghana. You're listening to the sunny side of sports. I'm Jackson Vungani. I'm coming to you from Ghana's capital, Accra. Now, many of the players that make up the Black Stars squad play internationally for well-known teams in Europe. However, they often start their careers by playing in the local Premier League here in Ghana for teams like Hearts of Oak and Asante Kotoko. And before joining these big teams, they developed their skills in one of their local soccer academies. Academies like Taking Over Youth Soccer Academy. The academy is an offshoot of a local professional team, Liberty Professionals. And over the last two decades, this academy has produced some of the best players in the country. I visited the young players as they trained in the early morning Accra Heat. The team spokesperson, Yusuf Uthman, talks to me about the training routine and what lies in the future of the young teenage trainees. But I started off by asking him about the chances that this year's Black Stars squad will bring home the World Cup trophy. I believe the Black Stars will make an impact. Um, I can't say the Black Stars are going to win the World Cup because that is... That would be me dreaming in a wonderland, you know. But um, I believe we'll make an impact because uh, the Black Stars, whenever expectations are low, that is when they tend to rise up to the occasion. They might not be the household names we used to know. They are Samoajans, the Michaelisians, the Sulemuntaris. This, this, they, they might not, you know, be like them. But what we have now is a group of players who are on the rise, a group of young players who are hungry to succeed, a group of young players, a chunk of whom have never played at the World Cup before. And so they will see this as an opportunity presented to them to play football on the global stage, and the biggest stage football has to offer. And so I'm sure they would like to take it. Some are very experienced, but still have not been able to play in the World Cup before. Some also have a point to prove because they feel, you know, they were eligible to play for other nations, but were not given the opportunity. And so they opting to play for Ghana. They would like to prove a point to those nations that indeed you missed out on, on a special talent. Mm-hmm. And so th- those are, those are some and, of And also things. prove a point to the naysayers in Ghana who are exactly, saying these are young saying, and experienced yeah, kids sure. who so, might so, not so, so make the me, impact. I, I, I believe we'll make an impact starting from Thursday. Um, I'm not going to say we'll win the World Cup, but I believe... The Black Stars will make an impact, a huge impact in this World Cup. I also asked him about the process of recruiting players into the academy. Mostly we recruit them from the communities. You know, in Ghana, um, virtually all communities play football. Um, so normally we, have, we are almost constantly in contact with 
amateur clubs, what we call here in Ghana as cold clubs. So once the club have a very good and talented player, they get in touch with you and tell you that, look, we have this player, so we want you to come watch him. So we have scouts around. So we send scouts to go watch the talent. Once they recommend that indeed the player is good, we, we, we talk to the club, give them what we are supposed to give them, sign an agreement with them, you know, for, for future benefits on the player and all that. And then we get the player. At what age do you usually go for? It, it depends. It depends on what you see in a player. So sometimes you can see a player as young as 10, 11, but then you, 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 can, you can project the future of the player. You see potential. Maybe, yeah, you see potential. You say in the, in the, in the next five, six years, this one uh, is going to be a big thing in Ghana and, and beyond. So you bring him sometimes as, as late as 17, you know, but then because of the, 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 the development process, mm. you know, when you pick a 17-year-old, you know you don't have time on your side to groom him that much. So uh, you look at someone who is almost ready to play for the first team once the person is 17 because by 18 you should be able to play in the first team because that's where you're going to sign your first professional contract and all that so let's say from 11 to 17 those are the 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 the, 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 the proper ages we look at whenever we go out looking for a player and we don't limit it to just ghana so you look at this setup for instance there are players from the ivory coast there are players from togo so we look at all this once someone sees them and your scout confirm that indeed the player is good enough to be in your academy why not we go for the players take us through the journey of, of like so when they come here how long do they stay here what do you do for them up to when they play professional okay so when they come here they are they are first put in the academy setup the academy for now don't play in a league structure uh, so what we basically do is to groom them and make sure that they are ready for the first team adventure, which is the, 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 the professional football setup in Ghana. So they come here as young as, depending, like I said, depending on the age that they come here, uh, maybe some you groom them for three years, some you groom them for four years, some can go for as long as six years, just to ensure that they are ready and strong enough to play in a, in a, in a league setup. So in the, in, the, in the academy, what we basically do is we play a series of friendly games because we are not playing in a professional league setup, we make sure that we get as, as many games as possible with you know, clubs that are well established and all that. So once we are able to do that, we look at the progression from year one to year two to year three. And sometimes even you know, some of the players get to a certain level where you expect them to play in the first team, but then their ages might not necessarily be 18 or 17. But once you feel the player is ripe to play in the first team and showcase whatever he has to the nation and the world at large, you 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 have to you have to, you have to give them that promotion. And so it's you, all about promotion yeah. because some have to leave. You need to have a succession plan, and without the academy running, you are not going to get players to replace. You know those players who leave at the end of the season. You're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of America. I'm Jackson Bungani in Accra, Ghana. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent. 
and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. And we are back with Yusuf Uthman. He's the spokesperson of the Taking Over Sports Academy here in Accra, Ghana. It's early morning and the young men are playing soccer. But even the morning heat does not stop their ambitions to eventually make it out of the academy and play professional here in Ghana or outside in places like Europe and America. T tell us what it takes to produce a player like Michael Essien, Asmar Jan, people who have gone through this. Well, know, I mean, it takes, it takes, this it takes a lot. Ground. It takes a lot, you know. Uh, one thing, one thing we don't lack in this country is talent. But, you know, talent is one thing and grooming the talent to become a global superstar is a different thing altogether. A lot has to do with the players themselves. Because if you are talented and you are picked to be in the Liberty Academy, for instance, one of the foremost things you need to do is to be disciplined as a player. Because lack of discipline have ended a lot of footballing careers prematurely in this country. So you, 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 are, you are taught to stay disciplined, you are taught to stay loyal to the course because this is a chosen path. You know, you, you, you don't have any other thing to do aside playing football. And so you would like to make a living out of football. So we make you see reason why you need to stay focused, you need to stay disciplined, you need to stay loyal to the course so as to make a living. Because at the end of the day, if you are not able to make it from what you've decided you will do, you are going to become a burden onto the society. Mm. Because aside football, you have, you have virtually spent all your life trying to play football only for you not to make it. It's going to be painful. So we, make, we, we try to make these young players understand some of these scenarios. This is what you've chosen. This is what can change your life and that of your family. And so you need to stay disciplined and stay loyal to it. So basically, those are the training. Aside the normal, you know, coaching that we do on the football field, periodically, you know, day in, day out, we, we try to sit them down and, and let them understand that this is why you are here. And in the next three to four years, you are not going to be here. You can't be here forever. You need to go and continue the adventure elsewhere or the career elsewhere mm. but then now that you are here you need to put in your or you need to put in as much dedication as as, as as you want to put in and stay loyal to the course and eventually you you will get to the level you want to get what is uh, a regular day look for a young person here like these players well i'm for a regular day for some of these players usually like i like i told you off camera we we do train in the evenings because the first team trained in the mornings so a regular day at this club the first team trains in the morning as early as six when, when you say the first team what do you mean the first team are the the, the team that plays in the league the the, the, the team that plays in the league mm, so they, they train in the morning from six to eight or basically nine then because of limited resources we are basically using the same set of coaches because these coaches you are seeing at the academy level they are the same coaches who assist the senior coach at the first team so they go there train after that the first team go to their clubhouse this one spend virtually the whole day in their clubhouse they will come back to train in the afternoon but for the world cup 
they usually train in the afternoon from three to six. So the same coaches will come back here and then the academy boys will come and train. So that is that is how a whole day looks like. So aside, if they are not in training, then they are in the clubhouse, mm. at least a chunk of them. But for few players who stay around, who can leave their homes and come and join the program. But I can say 90 to 95% of them are housed here, fed here, and then trained here as well. Mm. Do you maintain a relationship with them after they leave this yeah, we facility? Do. Yeah, we do. What kind after of relationship? They leave, after they leave the training facilities, there are times we go there to watch some of the games with them for the sake of doing analysis. So there are times we go there and then we do classroom work. No, 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 I'm talking about after they leave the academy. Okay, after they leave yeah. the academy and they, and yes. they graduate to the yes. first team. They, yeah. they, st they, st they still remain our boys. Because for, for a player you've worked with from his days in the academy, you should know that, that the, 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 the closeness you have with them. Those of us working with the academy are the same people working with the first team. And the current legacy professionals first team, for instance, has about 90% of the components graduated from the academy. That is from our last mm. program because we do the academy program after program. So those so you, ones, you continue to shape them even after they leave here. Yes, even after they leave here, like I said, the coaches still remain the assistant coaches in the first team setup. So they still continue to sharpen them. Mm. So they do most of the work basically. Because what the head coach basically does is to draw a program lineup mm. for them to implement on the pro on the training program. So that relationship continues until they eventually leave the club, you know, entirely. But even those who leave the club, those who play in our setup and end up leaving the club entirely, we still have that kind of relationship with them where you are able to get in touch with a person and throw in an advice or two that you think is going to help his career in football. And in terms of contracting, acquisition, all of that, you do you what? still maintain any type of no, control of, over in that? Terms of, in terms of contracts, you know, in football, once the player gets to the level where he signs a professional contract, a lot of them, you know, get their own agents who look into their contractual arrangements for them. At that, at that level, we don't, we don't really have... Uh, a lot of power when it comes to that but there are a few who still you know consult you on deals they've gotten and all that for you to give your input but at that level we don't we don't really have much control at that level mm. but is it possible that after all the hard work that you guys put in in shaping developing these young men that an agent from somewhere either in, in ghana or in europe can exploit that and 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 end up being the beneficiary of, of this talent that you've, you've developed? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the things that really affect Ghanaian clubs. It's one of the things that really affect Ghanaian clubs financially. A lot of, of agents these days who like, only move with players who are out of contracts. And so there are, there, are, there are scrupulous agents out there who go about convincing players not to sign contracts with their clubs, not to extend contracts with their clubs, just so they can take them to clubs they wish and then end up benefiting without a club getting anything. So that's one, one issue that is really bothering you know, clubs in Ghana, not just Liberty Professionals, but the Ghanaian football setup in general is, 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 is faced with that problem where agents go behind their clubs, speak with their players, 
all of a sudden before you realize a player you feel you have invested a lot of time and resources on and that you need to recoup at least part of your investment to help raise the future generation will begin to show you attitude and all that in terms of you know when to extend his contract and all that so uh, i mean that 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 is that is, that is like a cancer to the football setup in ghana that's like a cancer to the football setup in ghana and i believe uh, it's not just in ghana a lot of the african countries are also facing you know similar issues Yusuf Uthman is the spokesperson for the Taking Over Academy in the Dosuman neighborhood of Accra. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jackson Vungani in Accra, Ghana, wishing you a great week ahead, everyone. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Border Crossings. Join host Larry London. Larry London. On Border Crossings, VOA's only worldwide music request hour. Whoa. Every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in for the biggest hits and amazing artists. Win prizes and get the latest news from exclusive celebrity interviews. Ooh.